So what we high achievers get is really good at ignoring symptoms and signs she kind of somatized. The stress of running to maintain the life she was in was showing up physically for her. What's up, everybody? Welcome to How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. I'm Stephon Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist. We're going to get into somatizing in a sec. But first, in this new season of How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything, we're going to change things up a little bit. Today and moving forward, we're going to have Juleka Lantigua, the amazing individual who invited me to host this show, hanging out with me from now on. Hi, Juleka. Hey, Stevan. What's happening? Oh, nothing much. You know, chilling, making stuff happen, talking to high achievers, changing lives. Yeah, you know, it's just a regular Tuesday for you. Run of the mill. So I have to confess, I am so excited to be here. <laughs> Let me give people a little bit of an insight into, first of all, why I think you're such a superstar and why I literally created the show so that you could host it. Because I think that you are a bomb you are also the bomb, but you are a bomb to those of us who are really striving and trying to do things in ways that there's no precedent for. And talking to you for the original show in this series, How to Talk to Mommy and Papi, was so enlightening and was so strengthening that I thought we need to work with this man. And so I'm just so thrilled that I get to play a small role of your agitator on the show this season as your guest. I'm just so excited to learn from you. And I know we're going to have so much fun. I definitely think that will happen. I think you bring out the really good parts of me that people will enjoy. All right, let's get started. Today, we welcome Deepa. Deepa is an author, speaker, and business owner dedicated to supporting professional women of color. In a previous life, she was a senior executive in corporate America. She was really successful, but when her dream career began taking a huge physical and emotional toll on her, she had to decide if and how to walk away. Let's get into it. I'm Deepa Prashathaman. I live in California. I'm a former corporate refugee. I left corporate America two years ago to write a book called The First, The Few, The Only, and to start a company called Information, which provides safe, brave, and new space for professional women of color. Growing up was definitely something that shaped a lot of the work that I do now. My parents emigrated to this country in the late 60s. I was born here, but I was maybe one of five students of color at school. And so there was a lot of, I think, questioning, a lot of identity, a lot of, I think, just first-generation questions that happened when my parents, you know, really wanted us to assimilate and to fit in in a lot of ways. And so a lot of confusion around culture, because when we spent every summer in India, I didn't fit in there either. So this real sense of not feeling like I fit in. When I started my career, I started as a senior consultant in Deloitte out of grad school. I thought I was going to corporate America for a year or two. My background was actually politics and policy. And so I was really into advocacy, criminal justice. My stint in corporate America was supposed to be for a year or two just to get private sector experience to go back and to work on policy and politics issues. And 21 years kind of flew by and I, you know, didn't go back. And I think that's part of the challenge that I started to feel towards the last couple of years of my career. 
I was feeling very called to go back to policy and politics because of what I was seeing in the world. And I really didn't know what to do because I was at that point a senior partner. Partnership is very much like a tenured professorship. You spend all this energy to get there and people don't leave, you know, especially when you still have 20 years in front of you. But this growing question of purpose, right? This really growing question of like, is this what I was put on this planet to do? And it started to be really loud. Then I started to get really sick. It started as skin rashes and adrenal fatigue. And then over the course of uh, two years, it grew to like infections. It just like, you know, ended up with shingles and then um, numbness. So a complete neuropathy in my arms and my legs. I ended up spending eight months in bed. I think at the time, I really attribute it to the stress. I really attribute it to the travel. I used to get on and off planes six times a week. That was very normal for me. It was a very intense lifestyle. You know, 100-hour weeks were not unusual. And I enjoyed it, but it had caught up to me. And so that combination of purpose and I think my body speaking really started to make me ask different questions. My crisis point came when I was at my 14th doctor. I was really struggling. She looked at me side-eyed because I went to my doctor's appointment with my suitcase, right? Because I traveled. I saw her in San Diego and I traveled. This is now the third time I've seen her. And she said, Deepa, I see you with your suitcase every single time. That's not, that's not normal. She said, I can run more tests or I can tell you what I think you probably already know. I think your job is killing you. And then she asked me three life-changing questions. She said, what would you do if you didn't do a big job like this? Do you feel like you have to do a big job like this to be worthy? And then her third question was, don't you see you're worthy just being you? I felt like she had seen through me. My work was my identity. And although I loved it, I was caught up in it in some ways. Like, I don't know that I knew at that time what even made me happy, what I really wanted to do, how to get out, even if I wanted to get out, because it was a lifestyle. It was a, it was a way of being. And so it was a big process. It took me almost uh, two and a half, three years, even after that conversation to leave. I felt very responsible. I was our first Indian female partner in a firm of 100,000 people, right? People knew me by my first name. I felt like there were a lot of eyes on me. A lot of us feel responsible. A lot of us are carrying, you know, responsibilities, weights, obligations, expectations that are not ours. There's a way to give it back, but you, you need to know you're carrying it first to be able to give it back. Still an ongoing process, you know, even as an author and someone who's launching a company now, it's really easy for me to get into the habits of overworking, of overperforming, of, of, you know, working that corporate sort of lifestyle. And I have to remind myself, like, I get to pick the life that I want. I get to set up the hours that I want. I get to say yes and no to things in a very different way. And so I think there's a lot to it that is still a process and still something that I'm learning. Deepa, thanks for sharing your experience with us and being a part of our show. What stood out to me when I was listening to Deepa's story was the intense amount of pressure she puts on herself to be successful, even though it is causing her pain or difficulty in her personal life. Listening to Deepa, I felt like somebody was holding a mirror up to me because those three questions that that doctor asked her, you know, what would you do if you didn't do a big job? Do you feel like you have to have a big job to feel worthy? Those are questions that I have wrestled with my entire life. And I think that it's double the case for women of color. Why do we not think that just us getting there is enough? So it's a tough one, right? So 
the environments we're in at times really does send us messages that suggest that we don't belong or that you're not doing it the correct way. And so when we take that in and we question ourselves, it becomes problematic Mm -hmm. because it'll change our perception of ourselves. And so we have to continue to kind of work to prove that we do belong and that we are supposed to be where we've gotten to. Mm. If you're in this space or you're in this room, there's a reason why. Let go of some of the pressure to kind of perform and just show up and be you. Yeah, she literally says, my work was my identity. That was so difficult to hear. It is because high achievers can easily attach to the created identity. So being a senior exec in corporate America, titles that we've achieved or obtained, Mm -hmm. it's hard to let go of this representation if there's some positive kind of feedback when we lead with those identities that only kind of capture a small piece of who we are. I mean, she also says, I didn't know how to get out. That reminded me of the movie, Get Out. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You're in the sunken place. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she also calls herself a corporate refugee. Mm -hmm. So saying that for some people, getting that deep in corporate America can feel like the sunken place is probably, you know, a little bit of a stretch, but not that far off. We'll get into this after this short break. How do we recognize when we've gotten to the sunken place? professionally. It is about the self-awareness that we have and and recognizing that there is some safety in the title. When we're asking ourselves to become more or to accept and adhere and be obedient to our calling, there's also a cost to that. Mm. Deepa, she was really successful for 20 plus years in corporate America, moved up the ladder, earned some status. And the cost of that is that, you know, maybe you are not doing something that you want to be doing or that you're doing something that is being praised by others, but you much rather have an interest in another area. And to think about recreating that success in a place that isn't kind of proven or linear, that's scary to do. She's got to grieve the loss of that, or at least risk losing that to try to create and build something new in a different space. Yeah, she actually puts that very question really succinctly. And she says, This growing question of purpose started to get really loud. And I thought, oh, I get that on such a deep level as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as someone who had to grieve the loss of an 18-year career where I too was climbing, 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 climbing until I got to the proverbial mountain and then realized, oh, I don't want to be here at all. Tell me about grieving. How do we prepare for this grieving that has to happen? So I'm really glad you said that because I would like to shift people to think more about it as an evolution, an evolving of who you are. Just like Deepa, you were doing really well working for someone else and are also doing well working for yourself now. I use a ton of analogies when I think about things. And the analogy I think for this, Michael Jordan. Mm. When he came into the league, he was Michael Air Jordan. He his was, airness. His airness. The, he, he's flying from the free throw line. I think we can all agree that by the end of his career, there wasn't much air left <laughs> in MJ's <laughs> game. Still very talented basketball player. Still the best in the league. Won several championships after the air wasn't what it used to be. I think we want to kind of adhere to or maintain this version of ourselves or the first season that we were in of our our lives, then we don't allow ourselves to grow and evolve. And so I don't want to look at it so much as a a 
a loss of, but an evolution of. You can do things in a different way and still maintain the level of success you've gotten accustomed to. Hmm. I like that. The other thing that stood out to me was how, you know, we've learned now that trauma lives in the body, but it seems like Deepa couldn't identify how much of the trauma related to her career sacrifices was living in her body. How do we listen to our bodies more when we are just driven, driven, driven? So what we high achievers get is really good at ignoring symptoms and signs she kind of somatized. The stress of running to maintain the life she was in was showing up physically for her. Okay, and that's called somatizing? Somatizing. Oh, I didn't know that. How do we keep that from happening? Mm-hmm. Continually do an audit. What we want and how we want to achieve that. For most of us, and I think Deepa said this as well, she knew the voice for what she wanted to do was getting louder. You hear it. You know it. It's in you. You can feel it. Listen to it. We have to be inquisitive. So when something isn't sitting right with us, don't run from it and don't say, well, you know, that's just me. I'm just scared to do this other thing. It's what's going on internally? What thoughts do I have about moving from one space to the next? Why am I hesitant? And what fears in our past history, and you talk about traumas, have convinced me that it is safer for me to stay where I am than to move and do something different. I love all of those questions that you just enumerated because she says, my body speaking really started to make me ask different questions. And I imagine that some of those questions were related to the ones that you just stated. I mean, Deepa also spent eight months sick in bed. It's bananas. Like, that's half of a year out of commission. Yeah. And still had a difficult time saying, well, maybe I should stop doing this and do something different. Right. It's really not an easy thing to do, even though the signs were there that some evolution needed to happen. Juleka, thank you for bringing out the best in me. You're a phenomenal sounding board, and I can't wait for us to continue this conversation. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you for having me. On our show, my goal is to help all of us figure out how to achieve on our own terms. And I see Deepa and many other high achievers out there doing exactly that, finding ways to succeed in spaces without many examples of people like them at their level, making the decision to be successful in another capacity that is more aligned with who they are, and having the courage and trust in themselves to go for it. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything. We're thrilled to be back on your feed, and we want you to be a part of our show. We want to hear about your successes and challenges, your sacrifices and celebrations, and what's ahead on the journey for you. Send our producer Virginia an email, and we'll get your story on the show. She's at virginia at lwcstudios.com. How to Talk to High Achievers About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Our show is produced by Virginia Laura. Trin Lightburn mixed this episode. Delaika Lantigua is the creator and executive producer. I'm Stephon Lewis. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Achievers. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.